Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So, back in the olden days, in the last century, there was a show called The Brady Bunch, which was very popular, and I believe it came out, like, late 60s, early 70s at the latest. And there was an episode where the kids in the family were supposed to record a song that somebody had decided that they should put out a song where all six of the kids were singing together. And they were, in the episode, stressed out about it because one of the boys who was going through puberty his voice was cracking at the time. He didn't have his normal singing voice. And so the family wondered what they were going to do about it. And then in the end, they were singing a song called Time to Change. And so they sang the song. And when they said, it's time to change, they had him sing that part with his cracked voice. And everybody was so happy because it was so symbolic of the song. And I think that this episode of the Brady Bunch is really kind of like how change has to happen in everybody's life. You fight it at first. You come to a space where you know something has got to give. You've got to pivot somehow. And things become really uncomfortable before you pivot because you don't know which way you're going and you don't know how you're going to embrace sort of the new stage of life. And we all had to pivot during the pandemic. First, we had to deal with the fact that we were going to be stuck at home, not going anywhere with no businesses open, no place to be. And that's, that was one transition. And then, you know, we also had to simultaneously figure out how we were going to work from home. And some people couldn't. People in the service industries couldn't do that. But some of us had to pivot to just sort of like working on a computer as, to po- as opposed to working face to face. And then, of course, we had all the kids who had to stay home from school And they all had to figure out how to do homeschooling. And parents had to figure out how to do homeschooling. And even something as simple as animals started to act differently when all their people were home all at once. And then, of course, there was us not having gyms anymore to go work out at. And we had to find a way of working out at home. So there was a lot of pivoting that we all had to do and figure out what the heck we were going to do in this quote new normal which I hate that phrase so much but we all had to figure it out we all somehow did figure it out and now we're coming out the other end of it now there are two kinds of ways that we end up having to pivot in life One of them is when we are moving into our next developmental phase in life, when we are transitioning from one age or one era or one chapter in our lives to another. 
And the other is when life just kind of keeps kicking our ass and the universe is telling us that we have to do something differently because the current way that we do things no longer works for us. And so this is sort of something that I've had to personally deal with recently in that as a young person, I always knew that if I ate healthy and I worked out, I would lose weight and be fit. Now, I've come to an age where that formula stopped working. My metabolism slowed way down. Now, in order to figure out how to lose weight, I decided I had to work out harder and eat less calories because that was the formula that worked when I was much younger. What I learned is that it's the opposite of what you need to do when you reach middle age. Because what ends up happening, at least in a woman's body, is that the more you work out and the more you deprive yourself when you are middle-aged, the more that the body tries to stop that from happening. Because the body at least sees over-exercise as stress. Your cortisol levels go up. And what happens when the body sees stress happening, it hangs on to all the fat in order to protect you from whatever it believes stress is. And unfortunately, it reads exercise as stress. So actually, the answer in middle age, at least for women, because I didn't do research on men, is to exercise less intensely and to actually eat a little bit more. So this sort of goes against everything that I have ever thought about diet and exercise. And yet it makes total sense because I am in a different developmental phase of life. Now, in this phase and in my new exercise program, there's a Facebook group where people talk to each other about sort of struggles or how to stay on track or questions about dieting, questions about exercise. It's a really good forum because we're also dealing with managing stress because again, we don't want those cortisol levels to go up. So the other day I was looking at it and this lady had posted basically that she works all the time, doesn't have time to exercise, doesn't have time to eat right. Any suggestions? And what's interesting is like, okay, so you have no time to do anything healthy. And if you're working all the time, you're probably pretty stressed. And so I'm not sure how things are supposed to get better if you have no ability to control anything or practice any kind of self-care. And what was interesting is that another woman posted about being laid off and how she was super stressed out because she was laid off. And another woman chimed in and said, I know that this sounds crazy right now, but a year from now, you will be happy that you were let go from your job because you will understand that you had to transition into the next phase of your life. And so I think that was kind of 
beautiful in terms of being just encouraging and optimistic, but also being realistic about understanding when it's time to move into the next phase of life. Now, there's an example of someone who did this. If you're familiar with the actress Michelle Pfeiffer, I read an article about her that when she was really acting a lot, Um, and sort of at the top of her game. Her kids were little and they were there on the set with her. Now, a lot of us haven't seen her in a very long time. And so thus the question becomes, what happened to Michelle Pfeiffer? And it turns out that she made the choice to stop working at about the time that her kids hit junior high age. And the reason that she did that is that she recognized that her kids really needed her at that stage of life. And she chose them over her career at that point because that's what was needed. That was how she had to pivot in a way that was best for her family. Now that's an example of somebody who handled it well. Life, the universe, God, whomever showed her that something else was needed of her and she found a way to pivot. Now this woman that I mentioned earlier who wants to lose weight but doesn't have time to eat right and doesn't have time to exercise and doesn't have time to let her stress levels go down is in an impossible situation. She wants something that she can't have. And I think that life is telling her something or the universe or God or whomever is telling her that it's time to pivot, that you cannot practice self-care in the way that you're currently living your life and something needs to give. Now, I don't know what that thing is. Maybe it's like stop trying to exercise or maybe it's stop working so much or maybe it's just like give up on trying to eat so dang healthy try a little bit, but do it in a way that you could actually accommodate. I'm not sure what her lesson is, but basically there's a message here that something has to change because it's not working out for her. And this happens a lot. Life starts to kick our butts and then we recognize that we have to do something differently. That might be, you know, you realize you're in a bad relationship and it's time to break up or divorce. Or you get a medical diagnosis that is very serious and you will have to do things differently because that diagnosis and your prognosis has everything to do with how you handle the stress in your life and how you prioritize things. And so you're gonna have to do something differently. And so that is one of the ways that we end up pivoting. Now, I learned this lesson about pivoting when life is kicking your butt when I was working on my dissertation. And I was very fortunate to have a really excellent chair for my dissertation because he was really helpful in terms of understanding how to organize the research and what the purpose was and all of that. But he also was very good at checking in with all his students and recognizing what, what each student needed. And when you're writing a dissertation, one of the things that you find out is there are some parts 
of the dissertation that are easy and some parts that are hard. One of my committee members at the time told me it's like being pregnant with book, right? You're working on this thing and you will sometimes have an easy time and sometimes have a hard time and you are creating something that will be born and it will be your creation at some point. But what ends up happening is that the parts where each student gets stuck usually has to do with something that's going on with them. And I remember my own issue with that, that I kept analyzing and reanalyzing and reanalyzing the data, and I didn't know why I was doing it. It was almost like compulsively doing it. And then my dissertation chair sat down with me and said, what is it going to mean for you to finish? What is it going to mean to put that doctor in front of your name? And then I realized like I was having a personal issue about finishing. I didn't actually want to slash wasn't ready to be done with all of it. And once we had that conversation and I understood what the issue was, I was able to pivot and I finished very quickly after that one conversation. And so that's one way, right? We have these things where life starts kind of telling us it's time to pivot. And it's because of stress or it's because of something that we have to evolve into, whatever it is. So the concept of pivoting can occur when you're sort of backed into a corner or forced to face something and overcome it. But it also happens just by growing older that when we're kids and then we reach adulthood, there's that period of time where we have to figure out who we are and where we're going next in life. And that might mean a big step that includes moving out of our parents' home or later in life when we have to deal with ailing parents and we have to realize later in life, that it's time to take care of our parents. And then even after that, it's time for us to deal with being elderly ourselves. And that is just all part of life, that these developmental stages that we must face, we have to pivot and move into the next way of being, our next developmental stage. And everybody is in a stage right now that they will have to eventually pivot away from. They will have to move on to their next phase in their journey. As a doctoral student, I was lucky enough to have somebody who could see what was going on and help me to pivot into my next phase. And sometimes you really do need someone to see where your journey needs to go next and help you along. And I was very fortunate that I had somebody who was savvy enough to see that me being stuck had to do with something that was going on with me psychologically. And I see that too when I'm in therapy. I see where people have to pivot 
psychologically. And it's not easy to make that change on the inside to really change your mindset. It's a huge hurdle. And I guess that's why people go to therapy because life is sort of telling them that where you are now and where you need to be next are two different places and you have to shift in some way. Something needs to change in your mindset, in your psychology, in order for you to pivot into the next phase. In therapy, it's sometimes very obvious what the next step is going to be. I get all kinds of different cases of people needing to move, needing to pivot into their next phase of life. I get couples who maybe need to divorce or find a better way of communicating with one another. I get kids who really have a failure to launch problem. They haven't figured out their career. They haven't figured out when they're gonna move out of their parents' house. There's all kinds of reasons where people come to therapy and the next step is obvious, but there's something psychologically that's preventing them from getting there. And a lot of times we have people on the other side who are frustrated and send people to therapy saying, hey, you got to get my kid out of the house or get them to pick a career or you got to get my husband to stop doing this or my wife to stop saying that. Whatever it is, there is an impetus for change. There is something uncomfortable that is happening to where the old way no longer fits and the old way of doing things is not working anymore and so it's time to pivot. Now one of the things that we see in therapy that may not be so obvious is when a person's way of thinking about the world around them no longer suits them. So we all develop these survival skills growing up. We have ways of being or ways of acting or ways of thinking that worked for us in order to survive the family we grew up in. And everybody has these. Maybe you were the people pleaser, or maybe you stayed out of the way and didn't cause any problems, or maybe you were the one who was causing the problems to get the attention on yourself and not with the problems between your parents, and that you sacrificed yourself in order to save their marriage. Whatever it is, we all have these ways of surviving our family. And so it works to get us through the time that we have growing up with our families, but what ends up happening is we eventually move out of the house and we have relationships with different people and the different people in our lives don't need us to use those survival skills because it doesn't mesh well with the new people in our lives. They don't need us to keep thinking and acting in the old ways. It doesn't serve the new relationship. And so that's where the pivot needs to happen later on in life. And I see this a lot. We see this with kids. So when kids are abused and they're young, instead of thinking, boy, the people in charge, my parents, the people who are raising me are really screwed up in the head and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Instead of saying that, it's easier for the brain to say, 
Oh, I must have done something wrong. That's why I keep getting beaten or abused because obviously I could change my behavior and I could make it easier on myself. So if I just wasn't so stupid and I could figure out a way to make it easier on myself, then everything would be better. And so it's an easier thing to think of your parents as being logical and doing the right thing than it is to think of them as being out of control. And so a lot of kids will own the abuse themselves for this reason, because it's easier to think of their parents as in control and knowing what they're doing. And it's easier to think that you have some way of affecting change in your household. If I just do A, B, or C, or if I just hide or lay back in the woodwork or walk on eggshells, then everything will be easier. And then when things aren't easier, the kids can say, well, I should have done this or that instead. And so it all makes logical sense. But that doesn't really work out later in life when these children are trying to have healthy relationships with other people. And so them taking the blame for everything and sacrificing themselves in adulthood really doesn't work out in the long run, doesn't work out in a healthy relationship, doesn't work out for the individual at all. And so this is a major pivot that needs to happen for people in therapy in terms of they really need to pivot into a way that is going to be healthy and is going to work for them moving forward in their future. Now, I see this a lot with kids who are raised by narcissistic parents them not feeling good enough and always trying to be good enough worked for them growing up. Now, when they get into therapy as adults and they have that realization that it was never going to be good enough, that it was never about them, that it was always about their parents' needs, then there is a period of time where people kind of become depressed about that. And it's depressing because they realize that the parent they thought they had does not exist. And quite frankly, I worry about people who are in this stage because they do become extremely depressed and sometimes they even become suicidal because everything they thought was real isn't real. And that's a lot to overcome. But... When we do the work and really dive in deep and help them to understand that they need to pivot into sacrificing not themselves, but their view of their parents instead in order to heal. And they make that shift and they pivot into putting themselves first for the first time in their lives and practicing self-care and practicing boundaries with their still ill parents, then everything gets so much better and the possibilities for them to have a positive and happy future are endless. And so there is pain when it's time to pivot 
for everything, for all of these places in life where what we've been doing used to work, but no longer works, and we've got to move in another direction. And when we do it, the healing is immense and the relief is immense. And so as you are recognizing the stage that you are in, and whether you need to pivot or not yet, that's okay. Just know that eventually you will have to shed this skin. You will have to get used to your new body and mind and psychology that is your new skin. So just consider this, that if you are uncomfortable and you know that it is time to pivot and change, that that's okay. You will do so when you are ready and the harder it gets, the more motivated you are, you will be to pivot and you will do it. Thank you for listening and be well.